Sally Hawkins does have an affinity for monsters, though. Amphibious, amphibious monsters. Would you say Godzilla is amphibious? I guess you would. Just definitionally. (laughs) Just, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, he's not a fucking turtle. Whatever, I'm not getting into this. Um, (laughs) So... Everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David, and this is Alan, and I finally watched Godzilla. Godzilla, uh, I the, 20, um, the 2014 Godzilla. Yeah, we're we're starting the MonsterVerse this month, and I was thinking about this. This like MonsterVerse really snuck up on me as a thing. Like I, I don't think I realized it was a thing until King Kong versus Godzilla. Or Godzilla vs. Li- Kong. It's like uh, the Marvel Universe. You don't really know that it's becoming a universe until like, I don't know, Thor. I don't remember the order of those. But yeah, I mean, so this one happened and I really liked it. I uh, saw it in theaters, bought it when it came out, when you still did things like that. I still do things like that. Most people don't. And um, Relic of his past. A Luddite, if you will. I haven't seen this since it came out, though. Um, and I remember this is an interesting one because, like, a lot of people were like, oh, you focus too much on Godzilla. And then a lot of people were like, oh, not an, like not enough Godzilla. I could see the not enough argument. I do not see the focusing too much argument. I could even have, like, an argument where it's like, you focus too much on on Mudo. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I kind of thought it was perfect. You know, there's certain points where you're like, this is definitely, and the director says this. This is you know in the Jaws lineage of like not overly showing the monster. Um, yeah, and I think it kind of works out perfect. And I think it's just kind of, you know, so. Gareth Edwards directed this. His first movie was Monsters, which we've done before, and it's one of my favorites. Um, I haven't seen the creator yet. I'm I just bought it, so I'm gonna watch it soon, hopefully. Good. Uh, put it in, in the line of all the other movies I need to watch, including the Oscar stuff. But he is like kind of one of my like a director where I just will watch what he does, just because like I'm a I'm sort of a visual watcher where like if something's very pretty. Or beautiful. You're a visual watcher. Yeah, whereas... Well, I guess, know, I'm, yeah, much like uh, Denis Villeneuve, huh? I th- Yeah, he's got st- he's got some story, too. Uh, if you've seen Encendies. Um I was mostly talking about what he said um, the other day about not liking dialogue in movies. Or just too much. Well, I think he said t- television's too talky now, and he's a visual guy. Yeah. So he was talking movies versus TV. Um, but I remember liking this and then watching it again, you know, we take notes while we watch it. And there's just so many times that was like, cool fucking shot. Cool shot. Oh, that's a cool yeah, shot. That, there's like a trend going on on Twitter right now. That's like post a post a movie or a clip from a movie that looks like a painting. Dude, there's so, so many moments in this movie that look like a painting when, when, um, 
Aaron Taylor Johnson is standing like silhouette against like the, the burned out city and Godzilla puts his head like really low to the ground. I was like, holy crap, what a shot. Yeah, there's so many of that. But I think this story too, maybe a little simplistic, but I don't know. I think it works really well. Um, this does have like the, oh, Brian Cranston's like the main character of this. And then no, he's you know dead within 30, 35 minutes. It's actually yeah. kind of funny in the beginning. Um, I was like, how do you get Brian Cranston and uh, you know, Juliet Binoche in this movie? And it's like, oh, she's in it for fucking five seconds. That's how you get her to do it. It's just she's like, I don't have to do that much. Um, and then Cranston, I think, has been interviewed lately saying like he still likes the movie a lot, but he thinks it was a mistake to kill himself off so quickly. Um, That's something uh, that someone would say that's been killed off very quickly and sees like a universe forming that he could have been in. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I like this movie quite a bit and I think it definitely held up on this watch. I was not watching it in the best way. I was watching it on a tablet. Um, which is not the way uh, this is intended. One no. thing I noticed too is like during a lot of the Godzilla scenes, I was like, this shit is very dark and very hard to see. It and is I very was... dark. I was actually warned that how dark it was. So I made sure when I watched it, like every light in my house was off. So I read something that the WB had an issue when they created like the home video for this. And it sort of caused a, um, an issue making it all look darker and that they just were like, fuck it, we're not fixing it. Which I don't know when that note was written. You know, the 4K for this has come out like since then. I don't know if they fixed it for that. I probably have to buy it now. Um, but yeah, there's certain t- scenes where I was like, I have no fucking clue. Like, w- what's going on in this? I mean, it's just monsters fighting, I presume. Um, but yeah, it was, what, it was a little What part dark. exactly? Uh, it's just in the middle, I remember overall. Like, like with the train? I couldn't see shit with the train. Yeah, the train's a good example. Um, uh, there's just yeah, whenever it got whenever it was nighttime, and you know, and like they were so trying to the whole obscure, fucking movie, they're trying to obscure Godzilla. So I mean, but there's yeah. certain points where like it's dark and it worked really well. Um, Hawaii is very dark; it's at night, but that I could see everything. It looked great. Um, so I guess more in the beginning. Hawaii, Hawaii was very cool. Like everything they did with the subway and the lost little boy. I thought it was very cool. Very good. Yeah. So I think we can get started on this. You know, we're going to be doing Kong next and then King of Monsters. So I bought the 4K for King of Monsters the other day, a couple months back, two weeks ago. Who knows? And I put it in just to see how good it looked because I was like, oh, we're going to be doing We've I think we've planned this monster month since fucking November or something like that. It's yeah, finally happening about it. You <laughs> Can you believe it's March already? And we have nothing planned for next month. Um, and I put in the 4K and the King of Monsters started. Or maybe it was Godzilla versus Kong. I think it was Godzilla versus Kong. And it, the beginning of that looks really bad. I'm not excited for that. Although I think you said you liked it. I did like Godzilla versus Kong because having watched none of the other ones and then jumping straight into Godzilla versus Kong, I could follow it really well. And and surprisingly, it's like it's it's pretty good standalone, which is weird for like the fourth movie of a series. But yeah, I, I stand by that. And there is a line, I think, in that movie. 
spoken by Rebecca Hall, where she's like Kong bows to no one. That's like this whole month is just me leading up to getting to hear her say that line because I just think it's going to be so funny. She's like a very like well-respected actress who's just in a shitty Kong movie. And like and like with your favorite director too, Adam Wingard at the helm. Uh, no. Who I actually like and you don't, but I just think it's funny how much you like that movie. Let's get into it. So it starts in, I guess, 1999. And... Um, maybe before I don't know. There's a bunch of imagery in the beginning, and it's so sort some, of t- some is 1999, some is 1948 or 1949, and it was showing well, it was showing nuclear explosion, quote unquote, tests. Uh, and I'm guessing they had to test it out before Hiroshima, right? So it was like it was pre that, post that. A lot of bombing in the ocean, and they were like, "It's just test." And then later we realized that it's actually Godzilla, and they were trying to kill Godzilla. Yeah, I like the way they tie that into it, and like in some of the pictures too. You know, they're look historical looking photos that were then edited somewhat to put like little hints of Godzilla in it. So I like that part of it. But then it's that's more of just like the kind of the opening credits situation. And then we get into the movie, and it's 1999 in Japan. We have Brian Cranston, Juliet Binochet, and a little kid who will become Aaron Taylor Johnson. And it's like his. I I, I thought about all this because I knew I knew she died. I knew he died too, but I couldn't remember when. But I knew she died right away. And then so as this movie's starting, he's like, "Oh, I gotta get to work," and she's like, "It's your birthday." And your son made this banner for you and you didn't even notice. You really got to do better. And I'm just like, his wife is about to die on his birthday. Like, that's got to suck. I mean, it sucks even more because <laughs> there's this whole conspiracy surrounding it. But I was like, that's that's not cool. What's kind of funny, too, is that when he goes back to their house, the birthday banner is still hung up. Right. And he kind of well, looks think- at it. Right. He kind of looks at it and he kind of like acknowledges it like, oh, that fucking sucked. Yeah. And what, I mean, and you realize, too, in that scene, and I don't know how the radiation would have affected that part of it, but like that there was no radiation fallout, really. Right. That it was just that was sort of a cover up of how bad they said it was. Um, so we see the Monarch Company. They're flying into the Philippines and they see a cavern. And I guess a ton of men have fallen into it and died. And then when they get down there, they see like, I guess I, at first I was like, what the fuck is this? And then because it was a little bit hard to see. And I was like, is that the skeleton of a Godzilla? I thought like, it was like a fucking claw, like a Godzilla claw. Right. But it, it turns out to be like an egg sack. Correct. Yeah. And one of them is missing. And then it just rolled through. And then it's like huge now. And I think it's funny that for the whole beginning of the movie, most of it, I was like, oh, that's Godzilla, right? Um, right. So was I. Or, or a Godzilla. And then it heads to Japan, causes the the uh, the meltdown of the planet, or what you think it is. All of that, man, visually is, is amazingly well, like, you know, that's like one thing Gareth Edwards is known for. But you have the son at the school looking over, and it's set up to where his school is right across the water from where his dad works. And he's watching the meltdown. You know, that view of it is amazing. You know, you have uh, Walter White. I can't think of his name right now. 
send his wife Brian Cranston sent his wife straight down there when he gets it's in. I thought work. you were trying to think about his character name in this movie, and I was Joe, like, Joe, Joe Brody, Pesci. I think. Joe Brody, no, not Pesci. Um, sends his wife straight down there. So when he's trying to get her out, there's also this guilt that he's going to live with too. Of like, I sent her down there. You know, I'm I'm part partly to blame, which is also this isn't spelled out for you, but it it sort of makes sense that part of the reason he hasn't given up on finding out the real cause of this is because otherwise he's the cause of it, right? He sent his wife down there to die. He was her boss that told her to go down there and then she didn't but escape. What was, what was up with the pink explosions? I would assume that that was some sort of protocol to like, to, I don't know, because I guess maybe there was a little bit of a release, but just not as much as they said. Right. But I don't know. Um, maybe like it did, they did seal it in time. And so it wasn't breached, but those could have also been like safety protocol things that go off to prevent like the spread of whatever, whenever she was running away, she was running away from them. Right. And then he had to close the hatch. And so the pink stuff already got there. Right. Cause it was like right on his tail and he closed it. And then she comes knocking. Right. And she takes off her helmet, but she doesn't die right away. So I'm wondering if he just left it open a little bit more, got like that pink stuff inhaled. Would he have died too? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he says like, I mean, obviously if he left it open, I think probably that's what we're supposed to assume. That part is not spelled out very well. Um, he also like the, her coworkers get there first and they're like, open the door, open the door. He's like, I can't fucking like, I can't do it. And I, I assume he's like, he actually isn't like physically like he wouldn't be capable of it. The program is, you know, it's made to where it won't open. Um, yeah, like once he closed it, it's done. Because I the temptation to let his wife out is probably pretty great at that point. And then it shuts. So he's like, doesn't have to watch her die, which is, you know, nice. Yeah. Um, There is this one line where she's like, you have to close it. You must live for our son. And it's like. I was like, it's just the way it was written and, and delivered. I was like, it could have could have tweaked that a little bit. Um, yeah. And then we're 15 years later and we're in San Francisco and we have Aaron Taylor Johnson coming home to his wife, Elizabeth Olsen. I think this is maybe the first time I've saw Elizabeth Olsen in a movie. I, I, I think Age of Ultron came out before this. Right after this. It came out right after this? Yeah. Oh. So I know that her first thing that she did was Martha May, Marcy, Marlene, or whatever. Um, and I have not seen that. So I'm fairly confident this is the first thing that I saw her in. Now, I know your favorite thing she did was Old Boy. Stop it. Stop saying that. <laughs> so she did Marthy, Marcy, May, Marlene. She did Silent House, Red Lights, Liberal Arts, which is a movie I bought but didn't watch. Kill Your Darlings. She did Old Boy before this, and then Godzilla. So yeah, oh, Winter. She was in Winter Soldier, but uncredited. So she was probably in like a a post. Oh, she was in the post. Yeah, yeah. So she got these around the same time. How weird do you think of playing like 
against an actor, an actress that's supposed to be your sibling, and then playing against them who that's supposed to be your husband or wife? Um, I don't know. Which which one would you rather do first, siblings or husband and wife first? Probably the husband and wife first. Yeah, because then you don't actually like, hey sis, thanks. <laughs> Um, you don't slip into that. So they're married and he immediately, he has gotten home from what a 14 month deployment. He's there for one night. And then as they are like making out heavy on the couch, they get a call and and she's like, he's like, don't answer it. She answers it. And his dad is in jail in Japan for going into the quarantine zone. So he immediately has to leave. Like he hasn't seen his son in 14 months. His son's like five or six. Um, and so he has to go. And Let me ask out- you. Let me ask you, because this is like you have a wife, you have a young son, you have a father. If you found out after 14 months not seeing your family. And your <laughs> your dad is in jail in Japan, would you go and bail him out immediately? I mean, like the next day, right? Yeah. What I don't understand is like you would. Oh yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would not allow my dad to stay in jail. I don't I don't understand exactly why he needed him to go. There was no, like they couldn't get anyone else to do this. They couldn't just get a guy. It was I guess probably maybe he needed a, like he his needed only a family, family member. I don't think you needed a family member, but dude, he was crazy, right? Like who else is going to do it? I guess. It just seemed like a little it like this part of the movie seems a little plot devicey, like people acting in a way that seems a little weird, right? I also find it funny. So he's an explosive ordnance disposal person, which just immediately reminded me of Hurt Locker. And um, he goes to his dad's place. And you just see all the fucking articles like on the wall, and which now I always just think of Always Sunny in Philadelphia whenever I see that in, in anything, <laughs> even though that's obviously been a trope for like decades. It's still just like now the thing I think of is that meme. Um, yep. He's just looking around like, oh, fuck. And he's, you know, he talks to his dad and he's like, you gotta, you gotta stop this. And he kind of feels like maybe his dad will, like his dad's sort of lying to him. And then he wakes up to the next day, his dad talking to someone on a radio, putting his shoes on. He's like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm going back in. You know, I've had a guy who's like gotten these readings for me and it's the same activity as 15 years ago. And then he even says, which is what I was talking about earlier. I sent her in. I need to prove this once and for all. Right. But he's like. We're not exactly sure what he's proving. I guess just proving that it's not his fault. That it wasn't his fault. Um, but also, he knows that like things don't um, add up. So he knows there's something going on. Yeah, but none of the things that don't add up actually change that his wife died, right? Uh, yeah, but it's like it's you. He's not looking at it that way. He, I think he just can't let it rest because. It's this like wound he has that he's like obsessing over. The crazy part to me is that his son goes with him. His son, who by the name is named Ford, Ford Brody is the name of Aaron Taylor Johnson in this movie. That is a, it's a, it's a strong name, but it's a little odd. Um, and but yeah, I just find it odd that he went with him. I guess the only thing that explains it is the fact that we don't really know Ford Brody all that well. We don't know if he would go, but it does seem like, you know, as he's talking to Elizabeth Olsen before he leaves, like 
he's just fucking crazy. I don't like, I'm just going to come back as soon as I get him out of there. And she's like, Hey, it's your dad. You, you know, you need to take care of him. Um, so it just seemed a little out of character for a character. We don't know that well to like immediately like, all right, fuck, I'll go into the quarantine zone and break the law with you. Um, and he does, they go in, yeah. they discover that there's zero radiation. They then see helicopters and they're like, Oh shit, are they rebuilding the plant? But then they immediately get caught and then they are, brought to the plant and there's something like pulsating and you know cranston is in the interrogation room and i think like there's a couple scenes where like the people who can act actually get to act you know elizabeth olsen gets one later when she's on the phone and she's like kind of tearing up but cranston in the interrogation room is like really fucking giving it his all in this movie yeah uh, I wanted to go back a little bit, just plot thing, is that when he goes into his dad's apartment, he sees all of these articles, right? A very important thing of information is being put on us about echolocation and a call and communication between the monsters, right? They don't know that it's monsters yet, but there's something that's radiating an echolocation pulse and then something else that echolocated it back pulsated back and that comes into play later on when uh what's his name ken watanabe yeah watanabe uh he's like a scientist that's researching all of this right and then the chick from lady lady in the water no from the shape of water is his like assistant or his co-scientist but Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. Otherwise known as the chick from Lady in the Water, yeah. Shape of Water. I corrected <laughs> myself. Um, I was making fun of the chick part. <laughs> she's the... Michael Shannon? Not the chick from Shape of Water. He's the, the monster. Yeah, he's the dude. The monster? Also not the chick. Sally okay. Hawkins does have an affinity for monsters, though. Amphibious... Amphibious monsters. Would you say Godzilla is amphibious? I guess you would. Just definitionally. <laughs> Just, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, he's not a fucking turtle. Whatever, I'm not getting into this. Um, it's, it's, so. <laughs> he's not a turtle. That's it. He finds out about Brody's echolocation thing from the tapes, the research, and then his son saying something about it. So now this is the part where they find out that this is like communicating back and forth. They find out that there's two uh, Mudos communicating back and forth and then a third entity, which they don't know it's Godzilla yet, but we do. Yeah, I mean, that all comes out at different points in the movie. But yeah, I mean, the, the seeds, the eggs are laid in this scene. So uh, he also in the interrogation room mentions uh, EMP, electromagnetic pulse, and how that that can be given off from this and that's what caused the issue 15 years ago and then uh ken watanabe who plays sarazawa in this is like oh fuck and he's like we need to turn everything down because he's they're about to he's about to emp blast us and then this thing breaks out and i was like is that mothra because i'm not a big godzilla person and it's not apparently this is these are muto the mutos in this are completely original characters for this which is also kind of odd for a godzilla movie they usually don't do that or they haven't done that as much considering how many fucking godzilla movies uh, there are. they totally take that back in king of monsters but yeah 
Um, and then in this, you have Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's like trapped in a truck, who's about to get squashed, but he's able to get out. And then you just look over and fucking Brian Cranston just falls. Yeah, okay. You know what's really funny is that I heard a long time ago when this first came out that, and you know, like 2014, uh, Breaking Bad is on like the highest peak. It's like the most popular thing in the world at that point. And uh, I I heard that Brian Cranston dies somewhat early in this movie and quite suddenly too. And then everyone's like, oh, that's the biggest mistake ever. Why would you do that? Why would you take an actor on such a high point, you know, down like that. And so I'm watching this movie last night and I'm like, okay, how suddenly does he die? I swear to God, David, I thought when he fell out, when he fell from the thing, I, I thought that was the death scene. It, it's, it's not, but then the death is actually almost just as sudden in the plane that he's like, Oh, that, that, and he's, and he's gone. Um, there is a funny part where he's, he's taking his dad, like helping him, helping the gurneys. Like, I'm going to be right with you. And the, the military guys who, I don't know what military they're, they're NATO or the UN or whatever. It's basically the, it's the Americans for all intents and purposes. And they're taking over this Japanese site, but they're like, yeah, hey, we're taking over now. And he's like, what do you need? And, uh, Watanabe's like, I need them pointing at, you know, those two. And then, the dad dies and they're like, Hey, we need Ford. We need your help. And I'm like, why the fuck do you need his help? And what they need is the piece of information that you were talking about, how there were t- the two things were communicating. That's what his how, dad was able to read. How fucking funny would it be if he points to Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson? He's like, I need them. And then as he's pointing, Brian Cranston just fucking dies. And he goes him. I need him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, he's no longer with us. Um, and he and there is like a bunch of interesting stuff in this. You know, the nuke tests were attempting to kill Godzilla. When he says Gojira, um, I was like, it's one of those moments in the theater that I, you know, people fucking clap. Right. And I guess it was his decision, Watanabe's decision to say Gojira instead of Godzilla. Um which also sounds, when you say it, like, very affected, sounds pretty close to Godzilla anyway. Um, but he was like, we should say it in the original name. And then, you know, he uses it throughout while the the white people say Godzilla. Because they're like, yeah. I think that's what we're going to call it. Except for some reason, when you say it that way, it just sounds really bad on your end. You mean offensive? Yeah. Gajira? Don't. <laughs> Anyways, so I actually think I'm saying it pretty fucking perfect. So yeah, I, you know, too perfect. Some would say. Um. So th- the rest of the movie is setting up this kind of this chase sequence between the little male Muto going to San Fran, uh, flying from Hawaii to San Fran, and then the big female Muto going from Nevada to San Fran. And what's really funny too, is, is that when they're checking the vault, he's like, where could this other Muto be? And they're like, wherever you put all your plutonium waste. So they go to the plutonium reserve in Nevada, uh, which is a real thing apparently. And they're checking the vaults like one by one, they're checking the vaults. And then there's like a light emanating from one of them and they open it up 
and it's a big fucking hole. I'm I'm talking about like like canyon esque hole blown out of this facility, and there's like already helicopters on the other side of this and everything like that. I'm like, so you're telling me that these soldiers who are systematically checking every vault didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. They didn't get any word from outside being like, hey, maybe check the one that's fucking gone now. When in the background, you see the thing heading towards the strip, which I guess is just really close to the strip. Um, The other thing that I thought was interesting, just backing up one scene is I didn't realize like and it's sort of spelled out in the scene where they're talking to Ford that all of the beginning of the movie was the Muto. Like we we didn't really get any Godzilla stuff like the the Muto was the thing that left the Philippines that went to Japan that caused that issue and then remained dormant for 15 years. Yeah. You know, when you go back and you see that thing sitting there and it's pulsating you're like, oh, this is this a new thing? Is this Godzilla? When it breaks out, you're like, oh, that's not Godzilla. But I still, in the back of my head, even having seen this 10 years ago, was like, oh, but that first thing was probably Godzilla. No, and none of it was. Um, yeah, they really fucking saved Godzilla, right? For like the opportune moment. And then when we do see him, we don't even really see him. Yeah, until like the very end. So they next uh, send Ford to Hawaii, but uh, the Muto is also going to Hawaii. I just imagine them like flying very closely together just not seeing one another because also they just we, wanted a uh, tropical vacation these things apparently eat radiation but we can't fucking follow them for shit i don't know if that has to do with like the emp thing or what or we just lost them or maybe there's just so i much think it radiation. has to do with the emp thing i think also it flies right so like dependent on how high or low it can get it can get out of radar range also it's kind of like uh, isn't it kind of like a light color like it could blend in really well too with the clouds don't give them too much credit. So okay. you know how I love Hawaii movies. This Hawaii scene is probably some of my favorite stuff in this. Um, you know, on the train, there's the little Asian kid who loses his parents because he's just fucking around on the train like little kids do, not paying attention. And he gets fucking lost. Well, he wanted Aaron, time. He wanted Aaron Taylor Johnson's little toy soldier. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe pay attention, you know, so you don't get lost. Anyway, <laughs> why are we laughing so much about that? The way I said he, euphemistic, he wanted, like he, he wanted Aaron Taylor Johnson's little toy soldier. <laughs> oh my god! So Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, I'll get you back to your parents, and then there's just a bunch of shit going on. One of the coolest shots in this is where they're like, "Oh, there's a fucking Russian sub missing," and they're like, "We're getting a blip on the island. It's like in the rainforest of Hawaii or whatever." Yeah. And they look up, and it's just fucking sitting in the trees, and like, "Oh shit, the fucking Muto is holding it." And then they just start shooting at it. It fucking goes crazy. And then Godzilla is coming in the water. And I don't understand the physics of how when he is coming up on the land, the water is traveling with him and creating a tsunami. Um, So, yeah, because the, the water goes out like it does in a tsunami, right? But that's because the currents are pulling it in. If... You're right. If Godzilla is the one that's pushing it out, causing the wave, why is it coming? Why is the current coming back? And coming in at the exact same time as him. Unless there was just a coincidental tsunami as Godzilla's coming in. Maybe he uses it as a cover. He like makes a really loud stomp in the ocean 
so that he can then get in in water because he doesn't like to be seen. No photos. What I re- what I do really like about this movie, and I saw Godzilla minus one, and I kind of want to do a little comparison without giving anything away for Godzilla minus one. But does Godzilla um, fuck shit up in Godzilla minus one? He does. Um, nice. But what I really like about this Godzilla is the size and the introduction that we have when we first see him, which I think was missing in Godzilla minus one. But then again, the difference between a Japanese made Godzilla movie and an English made Godzilla movie, along with like the allegory of Godzilla is the, is the nuclear bomb in Hiroshima, right? You miss that in the American version. You, you don't have that same comparison. Um, because of course you don't, because the Americans don't want, don't want to draw that same comparison. But what it was really lacking is that that introduction that we get in this movie and the size of Godzilla was really well represented in this film. Like the sheer mass of it. It's like when you see his little horns or scales on his back pop out of the water next to like a um like a military uh ship it like pales in comparison and then you see three like three back ridges coming out of the water i don't know and then you realize that's just the fucking tail i don't know so the size of him is really cool i thought so at the time this was the biggest godzilla in a film at 355 feet uh shin godzilla which is a japanese came out in 2016 he was 389 feet in Godzilla Planet of the Monsters, which I've never heard of. I assume is probably another Japanese Godzilla that came out in 2017. They made him 984 Jesus. feet tall. And then in Christ. Godzilla King of Monsters, he was 393, which is not obviously the nine as big as the 900, but is otherwise bigger than those other two, including this one. Well, um, if that one is the sequel to this one. Then he fucking grew. <laughs> yeah king of monsters um yeah i don't know he's like it is like a very impressive when they first see him right and when you first kind of see him in this one so you know aaron taylor johnson's on that train the muto sort of attacks that right and then you sort of see him like throw something that hits into a or oh no like i think something goes and hits into a big plane which blows up, then blows up into another plane, another plane, and you have this. Oh no, no, no! Th- it was Muto sending out an MP3 that put all the planes down. An MP3 <laughs> was this <laughs> fucking single. <laughs> it was the Beastie Boys. Just everything started crashing. Sent out this MP3, but anyway, I'm an EMP. Causes, shut up! It causes it causes a chain reaction of planes blowing up, and I love one of my favorite shots in this movie. <laughs> One of my favorite shots in the movie is from the airport terminal when you see all the people like screaming. Oh, stare- yeah. S- they're staring out at this destruction, screaming, screaming, screaming. And then Godzilla's foot comes down and they all go quiet. Yeah. And then you get the first view of him like going up and seeing him. And then you get a little fight and then the fucking Muto's immediately like, I'm fucking out of here. And like yeah. flies off. Um, Dude, that introduction see- is so cool. It's so cool when you see those commercial plan planes blow up 
And then the smoke is covering Godzilla for the most part, right? Like you said, except for his foot. Um, and then what was one of my favorite scenes? Oh, so random. But when the female Mudo is walking down the Las Vegas strip, you cut to these firefighters and you're like, why are we with these firefighters? And they're trying to break into like the 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 Paris presidential suite or like the Caesars per, uh, presidential suite. And they break in and then you have this shot of like the room is completely like halfsies. <laughs> halfsies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I thought was cool too, or I just thought was funny is, so when we have this beach scene where this little girl is looking out at the ocean and it's kind of reminiscent of the story of this little girl who like noticed that a tsunami was happening and like warned everyone when they got out. She's looking at the water and then she tells her parents, they start running, all the people start running away from the tsunami and obviously her and her parents get away as everyone else gets surrounded by water and probably killed. So many people die in this movie. It does not shy away from that at all. But I just think it's funny that we like add this character for this little bit, but just show her like, all right, well, she's all right. Because if you've developed some attachment to this little kid, like they're fine. Um, Any any other nameless person just got destroyed right in front of them. Um, And then it's sort of over and we're at the next day and we find out, you know, some exposition type stuff. Godzilla is basically going to hunt this Muto and they find out, oh, this Muto was calling for someone and it's the other one in Nevada that you talked about. Um, oh, and already. during the Nevada thing, right? During the destruction of the strip, uh, that Elvis song is playing, which is very like tone, like very weird tone, but also kind of fun. Yeah, no, I did. I like that. And so they decide we're going to just lure all three of these fucking things with uh, some warheads into the ocean. And Sally Hawkins over there is like, that's a fucking terrible fucking idea. I'm like, well, what do you suggest? Watanabe's like, why don't we just let Godzilla take care of it? And he's like, I can't fucking do that. I can't go to the president. And we're like, hey, the we're guy who hope. says that. Uh, what was his name? David Strathairn. Yeah, but what was his character name? Admiral William Stens. Stens, that's it. Stens. And the way they introduce Stens, I'm supposed to know this actor, David. David Strathairn. Yeah. Yeah, you should. He's been a lot. Yeah, like the way he they introduce him in this movie, he's like he's like he has his back turned towards the camera. He's walking around the the think tank or whatever you want to call it, and then when he turns around, it like pushes in like a dolly zoom on his face, and boom! I'm like, oh, it's this guy. I was half expecting it to be fucking like John Hamm or something. I don't know who this guy is. He's the guy that lives the delivers the line in the third in the Bourne ultimatum. It's Jason Bourne. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. I mean, he's one of them. Yeah, it's like and that's one of your favorite fucking jokes to make now. So I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you don't know who David Strathairn is. Good night I, and good luck. I don't know. I don't know. He was in Nomadland. I feel like you're just looking at an IMDb thing. This is all from the dome right here. I fucking love David Strathairn. And also, he has such a recognizable voice that for people like me who are into films, you know, like the real Uh film heads, that when we hear that voice, we're like, oh, fucking Strathairn's in this. That raises it up an octave. So that's on you for not knowing that. You must have been fucking stoked. I was like, this this thing's it's just gotten better here. Yeah, it's gotten better. Good for you. Good for you. Um, 
And then Ford, we're back to him. He just joins up with the Navy and they're like, sure, whatever. Yeah, you can ride with us to the States. And then when he gets there, there's a train headed to San Francisco with the bombs. We got to do this analog because, you know, we, we, you know, that's the only way. And the, yeah. the guy's like, I'm not letting you on there. He's like, please. He's like, I'm not. He's like, I'm the only one who can do it. I'm not. My family's there. Okay, I'll let you on. Yeah, go for the sympathy card. The other thing I like about it, too, is that the reason that he wouldn't let him on there, right, is because they had enough bomb guys on that train to begin with. And he's like, you're just another one of those EOD sons of bitches that, you know, whatever. And they all fucking die, right? So by the time they get to San Fran, they're like, are you Brody? And he's like, yeah. He's like, we need you to come with us. And he's like, why? He's like, oh, because you're the only EOD guy left. But when they're on the train, all the other soldiers are taking orders from Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's like telling them, are you go there, you go there, I'll check this. And it's like, he was almost not on this train, and he's like now leading it. Um, and even though it's kind of dark and hard to see, the train scene is cool. You know, him jumping into the water, the attack by the the Muto, the female one. You see the egg sack underneath, like all that stuff's pretty sweet. I'm looking it up right now if he ever even makes it to King of Monsters, because I'm pretty sure he does not. I don't think any of them do. I don't think any of the people. Um, so Sally Hawkins and Ken Watanabe are in. And I just looked. Um, but yeah, not a lot of people straight there. And I think is too, no, but yeah, I don't think this is a straight, conti- it's a continuation, but it's like, they didn't, I don't think they, when they signed people on for Millie this, they, Bobby Brown, Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler. Yeah. These are not the same fucking people. Well, no, but the three I just named, I think are in it. Um, and then we are now sort of in the end game here where they start evacuating the hospital in San Fran because they're like, everything's fucking coming this way. Um, and we get to, you know, uh, so she puts her son on a bus with her friend. And then we get to this bus scene on the bridge. And I got to say, I really appreciate the bus driver in the scene who yeah. like the cops are like, oh, no, you can't go anywhere. You got to hold off. And he's just like sees Godzilla. And he's like, fuck it. We're out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And then he pulls forward and like a little fucking cable drops in the way. And he's like, ah, shit, we're stuck. And then as soon as a tank gets knocked in and takes that cable out, not even a second of like, oh, shit, just immediately like I'm off this bridge. That dude is a survivor. And he probably saved all those kids because if he stayed there, they would have fucking not died. probably they were dead. I mean, the fucking Godzilla walked through that bridge. <laughs> he did not swim under it. He just walked yeah. straight through it. You know what's funny too, and this I was gonna bring this up later, but I guess this is a good time to bring it up, is that Godzilla, and it's definitely played that way in King of the Monsters. I know that for sure, and King and Godzilla versus Kong. But at the end of this movie, he's played as kind of a good guy. Mm-hmm. But you're not really supposed to think Godzilla is a good guy. And then if you watch like Japanese produced Godzillas. They are never redemption. Like, there's no redeeming quality to a Godzilla in a Japanese film. I think to- I think later on, he is seen as more of a, less of a bad guy and more of a good guy. From what I was reading, I've actually, like, legitimately, I've seen the 1998 Godzilla. With Matthew, Matthew Broderick? And, and I've seen this. Those are the only Godzilla movies I've ever seen. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you, I don't think... 
by Japanese standards that he's ever supposed to be a good guy. Like, at least in Godzilla Minus One, he's just a straight, like, menace. Quit spoiling that fucking movie for me, dude. Quit talking I, I, about it. I say he's a menace. God, he's just... a goddamn menace. So another cool shot is you have uh, Elizabeth Olsen looking up at the sky and seeing a guy parachuting. And then uh, yes. uh, behind her, a fucking plane just like spinning hits into a building. And then you look and you just see all of these Spain planes just spinning out. Followed by another fucking amazing shot. They're on an aircraft carrier. They look up and the Muto is just flying straight down at them from the sky and just takes them out. Then picks up the sub, finds the mate and is like nuzzling it and then just gives the ship or I guess a bomb on the ship to her, to the female who then takes it and nuzzles the bomb up against her belly. (laughs) Yeah. Everything you just said, completely accurate. Yeah. Um, and then there's the line from straight there where he's like, we're fucked. And he's like, does your alpha have a chance? And Watanabe was just like, let them fight. And, uh, that's what they have to do because there's no fucking other option. And you have Olsen still is stuck in the middle. And there's this scene from inside of a office building where everyone's just still typing away at their computers. Then they look up and see fucking Godzilla and Muto's fighting. And she's like, Why'd you guys not take the day off? Like, do you were not listening to the news? Like, what happened here that you're just still here? <laughs> you know, what's also cool, too, is that every little fight scene with Muto and Godzilla is so cool. Like, when we finally see Godzilla in, like, the daytime and all his glory, we have the male Muto fighting Godzilla. There's a moment where he fucking does like this tail whip and whips the Muto into a building. I think that even kills him too. I guess that's towards the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. But dude, it's so fast and it's so cool. And it's like, Godzilla knows what he's doing. He's just like, "Uh uh-huh. Boom. You're dead. Fucker. Yep. Um, and then we get the halo jump into the city. So fucking badass looking like from the jump, to then the the view of them falling th- from the crowd, like the clouds and seeing them in the city as it's I'm been destroyed. Pretty sure that like that entire scene was in the trailer. Yeah, it was, which is a little bit stupid, but also you got to sell the movie. But it's also it's, you get this really cool stuff about like, oh, yeah, you're you're saying it like from their POV coming in and, and like um, parachuting in between the Mudo and Godzilla fighting. Yeah, but then you also have like the um, the smoke coming down surrounding their fight. I don't know. It's just it's real badass. It is. And you also have like the red smoke, which also kind of reminded me of Last Jedi, how they just set up that last fight where they're just like, oh, if we touch this fucking dirt, it turns all red and shit. (laughs) It's just like to make the last scene look cool. Um, I also had the thought this time. Does Ford have halo jumping experience? I thought I do. This is my first time watching the movie. And I thought that I was like, does everyone in this fucking like military world have every experience? I said, like, yeah. we're going to halo jump into there. And they're like, yeah, we've done that before. Sure. So we next get the Godzilla fight. Pretty badass. He's fucking one of them up. And then 
they start tag teaming him and they're kind of beating his ass. And this is as the military. Everything guys, you just said sounded like you were narrating a gay porno. Well, it's a furry porno, really, when you think about uh, the characters involved. A scaly porno, if you will. There's probably a parody of this movie somewhere out there, if you want to. Yeah, want where to the Mudos it. are actually beating his ass. Yeah, in a fun way. So they find the warhead as they're taking it out. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson sort of has this like crisis of conscience where not really crisis of conscience. He's like, I have to fucking destroy these eggs. Uh, to save my son and a bunch of other people because we can't allow these things into the world. I just find it funny that they tried to destroy these things in so many different ways with like radiation. And then he just fucking burns these eggs like very with, easily. Like, gas. Like, gas. Yeah. And, and yeah, and lighting it. We didn't mention that before this point, uh, when Godzilla was being tag teamed by the two Mudos, one of the things he does to like get, um, get them off of him is he has like blue fire breath oh man you were so careful to not say get them off um (laughs) so we don't see that until actually he uh ford destroys the eggs he's sort of lying there because he got you know exploded with the gas and the muto knows something's up so she goes over there and checks it out and then she sees ford and she like a mother's intuition knows this is the motherfucker that killed my babies. Yeah. And then fucking Godzilla comes over with his fire breath and just like blasts her with it. Um, but then she sort of gets away and starts chasing after the boat with the warhead. The flying one comes after Godzilla and this is where he fucking kills it with his tail. But in killing it with his tail, knocks down a building that he can't get away from and crashes on himself. That's and then right. you, have, you have this moment where he's laying there and Ford like looks at him and I was like, is Ford going to go over and like kiss him on the nose and wake him up? And like, come on, big guy, we believe in you. Um, but Ford gets on the boat uh, and, you know, at, like the Muto is uh, attracted to these other guys shooting at her attracted. And uh, she then sees Ford on the boat as he's trying to escape with the bomb to sort of like a dark night rises situation, trying to take the bomb yeah. away from the city. Yeah. I, I had the same thought. I was like, this is the dark night rises. And then the Muto sort of powers down the boat and gets over top of him and is staring at him and he pulls a gun on her. I was like, all right, well, yeah, I mean, mate, you're delirious right now. So you're just doing whatever, but the coolest fucking most badass part of this movie is Godzilla grabbing the fucking Muto by the face, opening its mouth up and fire breathing it until its face falls off. And it just has the face in its hands. Yep. I don't think nothing tops that. Nothing tops that. I don't care what they do in King of Monsters. Nothing's going to top that. And then the boat is. Although, moving. I think Mothra is in King of Monsters. Oh, shit. I, for the whole longest time, thought Mothra was the first one. I think I already said that, but yeah. Um, so Ford is then, the boat now starts moving out into the sea, and he's just going to die. He falls down on the boat as Godzilla falls down on the on the land. and uh, But then he gets saved, and another cool fucking shot is him on the helicopter being flown back as the explosion happens in the distance, like behind yeah. him. Yep. And then the next day, he finds his wife and his son. And Godzilla wakes up and everyone's cheering as Godzilla walks back into the ocean. He's like, thank you. Thank you. It's just, I'm, I'm going to go 
take a nap. And then there's this fucking line from like on the newspaper or the TV or whatever. King of the monsters, savior of our city. It's like, what the fuck is that? Who's even at work today to do the paper to get it out so quickly? (laughs) Not even that, but like, they don't know that. Like, who knows that? Like, from a civilian's perspective, you had these three, like, godlike, Olympus-like beings completely fuck your city up, kill everyone you know and love. And then they're like, well, I think one of them was kind of (laughs) good. I think that guy seemed to, like, like us. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Uh, A couple fun facts real quick. So, uh, QT admitted to crying during the Binochet death scene stating it was the first time i've ever cried during a 3d blockbuster i just find very funny that he like who's, teared up who's death uh binoche the mom oh her oh yeah he cried during her death um so gareth edwards was on record as saying Juliet binoche brian cranston sally hawkins david Theron, ken watanabe elizabeth olsen and Aaron taylor johnson were all his first choice for the respective roles there are some people, other people that were considered. So for um, Elizabeth Olsen's role, Hilary Duff, Jennifer Lawrence, Ali Melchalka, Imogen Poots, Margot Robbie, Amelia Clark, and Emmy Rossum. Um, I think they got wow, that. he just, he literally went down the line of like hottest chicks in Hollywood. I want one of them. You big Hilary Duff guy, is that what you're saying? Oh, dude, of course. And then for Ford Brody, we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Henry Cavill, Scoot McNary, and Caleb Landry-Jones. I think Cavill is a good choice. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have killed it. Yeah, but he has to put on like muscle and weight, right? Because he's also he's always like very kind of skinny. Yeah, you need, like, I, you need a little I bit of a bigger. And Cavill now is too big, but I think back then he would have been the right build for it. Um, it would have been right before, um, I think it would have been a right before man of steel. Um, do you know how old Scoot McNeary is? He would have been 37 when this came out. Um, he seems like he would have been older than everyone else you listed on there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of a continuation of the monsters thing, right? Because he's the main star of that. So, you know, maybe Gareth, that's why he considered him. But um, and then Guillermo del Toro was considered for director of this. But I really like the direction we went in. Oh, that's interesting. I really like this movie. I mean, I I like that it began with like this, like family drama thing that moved into being a monster movie. I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um yeah, I don't really have anything glaringly bad to say about it. I, I guess it's just I liked it more than I thought I would. And and I'm actually really excited for us to like come up on uh, Kong Godzilla versus Kong and uh, for me to revisit that for you to experience that. And then like I think they were coming up with another one pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I um. I'm actually really excited for Kong Skull Island because that like one always kind of looked pretty good to me. Um, I today and I think I you and I kept going back and forth and I don't know how this happened, but I kept thinking there was a fucking fifth movie already, like in this little monsterverse. And there's I not. Think we we maybe got the TV show confused. 
Well, I also thought I think I thought Tarzan was Tarzan was related to this somehow. The Skarsgård one. It's Disney. I mean, the Tarzan character I think is open is like in the public domain now. Oh, is it? Yeah. So I thought the Skarsgård one was like anyway. That's not fucking important. I um. It the next one is Godzilla versus Kong versus Skarsgård. <laughs> not Tarzan, just Skarsgård. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like I really enjoyed this movie back when it came out and I really enjoyed it this time, too. Um, and it's just like all the acting is like everything about the movie is a little better than it should be. And then just like yeah. I love Gareth Edwards because of how like visually great he is as a director. So this all worked for me. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Gajira. It's not good when you say it. <laughs> <laughs>